Welcome to the Thrive Podcast, the place where you will get to know inspiring real-life women who dare to do the uncommon. They embrace who they are in their life's purpose, and most importantly, they thrive because of it. I am Olga Mueller, a personal success coach and speaker, passionate traveler, and unshakable believer that everyone deserves to live a life they love without ever having to feel guilty about it. Each week, I will introduce you to powerhouse women from all around the world to show you that you can create a fulfilling life you love, no matter the circumstances, personal history, or topic. Me and my fellow ladies are here to bust your fears, your feelings of guilt and shame, and boost your confidence to a whole new level where you are finally able to see that I can do it too. Get ready to dare, embrace, and thrive unapologetically with us. Let's do this. Welcome to a new episode of the Thrive Podcast, everyone. Today, I have another powerhouse woman with me. Her name is Nicole Rizza, and uh, Nicole is a plant-based chef, a YouTuber, recipe developer, and a food photographer. She started her YouTube channel, More Salt Please, in 2015, teaching people how to make delicious plant-based recipes. She covers topics like meal prep, low-carb recipes, balancing hormones, and how to grow a following on social media. She came out with her first ebook in October 2019 called Prep Like a Chef, where she teaches readers how to meal prep like a pro. And uh, her following on YouTube and Instagram has grown tremendously in the past years, which made her start teaching other creators and business owners how to grow a dedicated following on social media, attract their dream clients, and build multiple streams of income all while being their authentic selves. And I'm so happy to have you with us today, Nicole. Welcome! Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah, me too. So <clears throat> Nicole and I actually met um, at a Tony Robbins event uh, in December last year. And um, I really loved, you know, your personality. And um, when I found out, you know, that you have actually a YouTube channel. And then afterwards, when I got home and I actually checked it out and I was like, holy shit, she has over 80,000 subscribers and I think over <laughs> 8 million views, which is like massive. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, I need to get her on the podcast because, you know, I'm sure there's so many other people out there who share some or have some kind of passion that they might be able to put on there, but maybe they're believing like, oh, my topic is boring, or who would like to watch me, blah, 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 blah. So I'm so happy to share some of your experience with that. And um, why don't you tell us what actually made you start out with YouTube? I mean, especially like over five years ago already. Yeah, I started YouTube when I moved to a city that I really did not like at all. And I was bored out of my mind. And I was just feeling creatively blah. And I needed a creative outlet. And um, I moved from New York City to Rochester, New York, which is upstate New York. A lot of people think when you say I live in New York, people just think <laughs> New York City. But <laughs> New York State is actually really big. And there's a section of the state called upstate New York, and that includes places like Rochester, Albany, um, Syracuse, and stuff like that. So I lived in Rochester mm -hmm. for three years, and it was just a weird time in my life. It was <laughs> it was bittersweet because – so I was living in New York City, and at the time I was engaged to my now husband, Tim, mm -hmm. who was also at Day with Destiny, mm -hmm. and – we were long distance our entire relationship, four years, which is like... Oh my God, I feel wild. you. 
it's so wild. I, oh my God. Um, <clears throat> it ended up being great for us because we were so young when we got together. But anyway, that's a whole nother <laughs> And so we got engaged and he didn't want to move to New York City. So I moved to Rochester to be close to him. So I was so excited to be just in the same city mm. as him. We had never lived together, even just lived longer than a week in the same place. And it was really great. But at the same time, once winter hit, I was like, wow, this is this is something else. Uh, because upstate New York is very overcast, like pretty much the entire year. And you get maybe two months of summer and maybe 50 or 60 days out of the year that it's sunny and it's cold. It was the first time that I ever had to dig my car from its parking spot out. Like it was covered in snow. And I was like, wow, this is a thing. I Wow. <laughs> Um, I thought that only so, yeah, existed was, in movies. <laughs> I know. I did not know that was a real thing. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I just really didn't like it. And as that first winter rolled around and I was like, Tim, we need to leave <laughs> this place. I can't do it. And, it. and listen, like, I feel like I have a more negative connotation towards Rochester because of just the stage of life I was in. Mm. There was a lot of stuff going on in my life. A lot of like seasons ended for me. And yeah, there was just a lot of things internally that I was repressing and I was just kind of isolating myself from a lot of people. And I don't know, we can get into that later, but Rochester just represented a, not a great place, not a great time in my life. So I started the YouTube channel because I needed that creative outlet. I was just like desperate for an online, like more people who kind of like understood me. And this mm. 2015 was a time when people were just figuring out like, Hey, you can start an online community and it can be really fulfilling and great. And I've always kind of had an affinity towards teaching and, um, building relationships with other people. So YouTube was kind of the perfect place for that. Hey, on the positive side, if maybe you would not have moved to Rochester, you might not have started YouTube, your YouTube channel. 100%. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know. I yeah, you're probably right. I probably wouldn't have. For you would, sure. You wouldn't you would have been probably too happy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god. No, but, yeah, but it's so I mean, it's it's great, you know. Um because I think <clears throat> like so many people they they are longing for kind of this creative outlet for their for themselves but maybe they don't dare to expose themselves to maybe so many people um so was there ever you know a moment where you were just like I don't know you know what are people gonna say or those kind of thoughts or were you just like the boredom was more uh painful than just putting yourself out there um I don't know. I've kind of always been pretty bold in my life. And obviously I care what people think. Mm -hmm. Everyone does to a certain degree, but I don't know. I just, it was there during a time where I didn't know a ton of people who were doing YouTube. So, mm -hmm. and I, I don't know. I just kind of did it because yeah, the pain of just kind of sitting in my boredom and, <laughs> my life that I wasn't super excited about. And I just want to say, Tim, mm -hmm. my husband, I know you're listening. <laughs> I love you. And I don't want him to think that I like I hated my life completely because I adore him so much. Mm. And our life together has always been great. So 
but just everything else outside of that was <laughs> not my favorite. So yeah. yeah, I just, I didn't, I kind of just did it and I, yeah, you really can't get hung up on what people are going to think because I've always just been a very unapologetic person mm-hmm. and I've just done things the way I want to do it. And I don't really care about other people's opinions. I just, <laughs> I don't, I mean, obviously some people I do care people that I'm close with and that I know and who know me, I value their opinion, but mm. strangers on the internet. I mean, if you're going to start a YouTube channel, you really have to develop a tough skin mm-hmm. and you really just have to develop a strong intuition and stay true to yourself and figure out who you are and just kind of go for it. So early on, I feel like I also, I I slowly grew. It wasn't mm-hmm. like I blew up overnight. I think mm-hmm. people who grow really, really fast, it can seem like this amazing thing. That's a, mm. that's a blessing, but ultimately I think it can really mess you up in the long term because you're mentally not prepared for that. And yeah. you're kind of thrown into the quote unquote spotlight and you don't know how to deal. So I grew so slowly at first that it was honestly a natural progression. And I think my mindset just kind of developed with that too. Mm. Yeah. So how do you now deal with uh, maybe bullies or critics or, you know, negative comments on things that you upload? Because I think in the end, even though I think we're aware that, you know, those are just some random people sitting somewhere, you know, maybe in their living room or at home and um, usually don't don't probably have the courage to tell you that those exact same things in your face. Um, it's still hard and it still gets to you. Um, so how do you deal with those things? It depends on the day, <laughs> but I have been learning more and more to responding with kindness is always the way to go. Mm-hmm. I recommend that to anyone just showing empathy for that person because they're commenting a negative thing. And if it's constructive criticism, that's amazing. I'm mm-hmm. not against constructive criticism at all um but you could there's a difference between constructive criticism and just blatant hate and it's very obvious when someone is just spewing all of their shit that they're dealing with can i curse Mm. on this podcast yes okay (laughs) okay great (laughs) um they're just kind of putting all of their shit onto you and projecting it so Mm. it's very obvious to see that and I think you just learn that as you go that wow this comment is really not about me it's about them so you really have to remember that honestly and it's it's so hard to do in the moment of course I can say that now but Mm. then you know an hour from now if I read something that's just really (laughs) like wow are you kidding Uh, yeah (laughs) of course it's upsetting and I take a second I'm like I absorb it and I'm like okay interesting and I just kind of analyze it and I'm like try to see where that person is coming from. And Mm. I try to pull, I try to see it from their perspective. Like, do they have a point? Like, are they trying to say this? Like, what is their purpose? Mm -hmm. And if, if their purpose is obviously just to hurt me or to make me feel bad for whatever reason, then I just, you gotta let it go. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, you kind of just learn to deal with it. It's inevitable. Also, YouTube can be a very scary, intense place you can get tons of negative, horrible comments. Um, It's a very different atmosphere and culture than Instagram, Mm -hmm. 
for sure like there's a stark difference because on YouTube you are able to be seen by a lot more people who maybe don't know you and aren't subscribed to you. Mm. So on Instagram, you have people who purposefully hit the follow button and they seek Mm. you out and, you know, they're much more loving and encouraging on Instagram. Like Instagram is like a total love fest for the most part. And YouTube for me has been much more like, wow, people are very unhappy. Um, So, yeah, you just learn to empathize for other people and see things from their perspective. So I just kind of deal with it Mm. through that lens. I think it also makes a big difference if um, you really are, let's say, centered and with yourself and you know who you are and what is really true about you or not um, Mm. to not get like quickly involved into what in other people's opinions and I think it's regardless whether it's online specifically online but also in just you know the real (laughs) normal and like not digital life Um, and I think you are really like confident when it comes to being you which I really like appreciate so much thank you that's really sweet yeah Um, yeah something else I just want to add to that what you just said um I think it's important also to not take the positive comments that people leave you Mm -hmm. to heart as well. Like Mm. it's really true. Like knowing your true identity and who you are and just being so in tune and self-aware of that is really important. And you can't totally rely on other people's opinion and outside um, influence, just influence you because whether it's positive or negative, like I try also, I love positive comments and all the love that I get. I think it's amazing and it's encouraging and it also tells me what people like and what people don't like. And, but I also try not to let my head get too big because of it. And when people comment on like me as a person or whatever, because they don't know me, you know, like they're strangers on the internet. And while we do have a connection and I love every single person who watches my video or who subscribes to me, Mm. ultimately their opinion does should not dictate how I feel about myself. Yeah. So I really try to separate that from real life. Mm. And I definitely try to compartmentalize my online life from my real life. So I'd recommend taking that to heart to anyone who has an online following or who's trying to build a following to not take the positive comments to heart either. Because if you have so many positive comments and then you know, the bigger you get, the more negative you negative comments you get. So then that one comment comes and it just like, it's like a dagger to the heart and it just ruins your whole day. So it's important to not take either of them too intensely. Yeah, I think that's very, uh, a very important point. Like, thank you so much for saying that. Because I think also when you actually, I mean, it sounds like a little bit counterintuitive, but if you get too much constant, just positive things, um, I mean, in the end, we're just, you know, putting up pictures, we're putting it up images, uh, whether that it's in video or just photography. But in the end, um, people project things also. And so mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like um, you might like, especially when you're not so sure about who you are, you can get carried away by other people's definition of, you know, and what they want to see from you. Um, I think so much that you can actually just lose yourself. Oh, yeah. 100%. And that's why a lot of 
social media stars or people who have huge followings, YouTubers, all these things, they are not happy. They're depressed. They're Mm. anxious. They're just not in a good headspace. And it's because they're letting other people dictate how they feel about themselves. And that is such a dangerous place to be in. And it's not good for your mental health at all. So I try to actively fight that Mm -hmm. all the time because I've just seen such a difference when I do let any sort of comment in just kind of influence how I feel about myself. It does. It has such a noticeable impact. Yeah. So are there are there some things that you can share that are helping you that other people I mean, you don't have to be let's say, uh, a social media influencer or something like that. It can be just, you know, you sharing your your private pictures, but still, it's the same kind of effect you get like, uh, um, rewarded for portraying a certain life, a certain picture style, etc. So what Mm -hmm. keeps you kind of grounded in that, um, let's say, maintain that certain distance to um, those comments or the feedback that you get and you, your real life? I mean, I just try to stay present in my real life. Like Mm -hmm. I... Like I said earlier, I love my online community that I've created and it's so beautiful and amazing. And I cherish every single person who has reached out and told me how much like I've impacted their life or they love my videos. Like that's amazing. But I just always want to remain present in the people that are actually in my real life. And um, it's all it's also about surrounding yourself with people who will tell you Hmm. like it is and tell the truth and tell you when you're wrong about something or when you need to work on your shit, you know, like surrounding yourself with people who are not afraid to tell you when you're wrong, really. Like you don't want to surround yourself with with yes people all the time. And, you know, I'm a sensitive person, so I'm not saying that I, imperfect with this but I'm trying to get more comfortable with the people who are close to me telling me when I do need to work on something or like hey or bring something to my attention so yeah and just having a relationship too with like something higher than yourself and Mm. also getting in touch with just like getting outside of yourself and giving and focusing on it everyone is just so self-focused that Mm. it's so easy to like just be so self-conscious about, Oh, what are other people thinking of me when really like the more you give and just kind of like get outside of your own stuff that you feed yourself and you actually take the time to spend time with other people or help someone in need or, um, mentor someone or whatever it is, you kind of stop pitying yourself or, you know, I feel like we can all kind of get in this comparison trap of, Oh my God, they're doing so much better than me or (laughs) look at this. They have so many more followers or I don't know, whatever. And that's true for normal people too, who don't even care about building a social media following, you know? Um, So yeah, I think it's important to just enrich your lives, enrich your life with people who just give you value and you can give value to them Mm. and vice versa. And we'll tell you like it is and be really honest with you and vulnerable. So I think it's important to establish your real life and not take online life so Mm. seriously. Yeah, I love that. 
Yeah. Now we've gotten like super deep already, but <laughs> let's actually get like take a, a little tiny step back. So your YouTube channel, I think, is the main focus, really. I think probably of your work, and um, <clears throat> it's all about basically cooking, like we said, like uh, vegan, a vegan diet. How to you know how to implement that into your life when you share recipes. So um, has it started out already with this focus and um, why has it been so important for you to share this passion around vegan uh, cooking so so much? Well, when I first started More Salt Please, I wasn't vegan and mm -hmm. about, I don't know, maybe a year into it, I became vegan and I was just so obsessed with it. Like I just was so intrigued by the lifestyle and learning more about it. And I just could not talk about it enough. And I'm sure I annoyed everyone around me. I was like the classic V like every vegan goes through different stages. And the first stage is just like, Oh my God, I'm so excited to be alive. And I'm eating all these plants and I'm just so healthy and like, Oh, why does no one else know about this? So you just, <laughs> you kind of get really intense about it at first. And I definitely went through that phase, but I slowly, <laughs> slowly phased out of that and realized like, Hey, not everyone cares and not <laughs> everyone um, wants to be vegan. And that's totally fine. I'm definitely not the type of person who thinks that everyone can and will go vegan or plant-based or whatever. It's just not possible for everyone. And I'm totally, I understand it and I don't try to force it down anyone's throat, but I just fell in love with it because it, allowed me to get more creative in the kitchen and this whole world was like opened up to me and I was trained as a classical in classical French cooking which is the opposite of vegan so it was just nice to open up my eyes to this whole new world of in way of thinking and how to look at food and different ways to make cheese out of nuts and like all these different things that were just so new to me and I found mm -hmm. it so exciting and fascinating and Yeah. So when I first went vegan too, like I did have, I had acne throughout my whole young adult life. I started getting it when I was like 10 years old and, um, my face started to clear up and look so much better when I cut out the dairy, which was so cool to see. Mm. Um, and I'd never realized how much food was tied to the way we feel. And, um, I was just very excited about that aspect of it. And so, yeah, I was naturally just sharing it on my channel And, um, very just excited about all the new recipes and showing people that you can eat delicious food and have it be vegan and plant-based. Like I think, especially in 2015, people were just like vegan. What is that? Like, how do you not eat cheese? How do you not eat meat? Like, what do you mean? It was just very confusing. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I just, it was fun to create all these cool recipes that were delicious and yeah. I just wanted to show people that you can eat delicious food even when you're vegan yeah so one thing I'm, I'm curious about you mentioned also you know that the food has actually um, even affected maybe your emotions or your emotional states because I mean one of the the topics that you focus on is balancing hormones which in the end mm -hmm. I mean that's our whole let's say emotional system right there all the chemicals so what mm -hmm. are some of the experiences that you have made through shifting like your your um your <clears throat> eating lifestyle well I just want to preface this by saying that veganism does not cure everything it's mm -hmm. not a cure-all I used to be 
the person who thought that. And I was like, oh, once you go vegan, you don't have any more problems. Like your diseases will clear up and your back won't hurt anymore and you'll never get sick and, you know, all these things and you'll start pooping rainbows. And it's just <laughs> it's <laughs> it's not true. And I actually um, when I like on a vegan diet, I was eating high carb, low fat, which also there's tons of different ways to eat vegan. But at this time, I thought this was like the healthiest way to eat was high carb, low fat. So mm. that diet specifically, and I was vegan and I, my hormones just really got messed up. I would go months without getting my period. I'm talking like two or two to three months. And I had really bad cystic acne on my jawline and chin. And I didn't know what was going on. And it was because that diet, especially so low in fat, just was not right for my body. Mm. And I just think it's so important for everyone to remember that everyone has different bio individual. I don't even know how to say it. Bio individuality, whatever you call it. Like everyone's different. Everyone's body <laughs> is different. Everyone can handle different things and yeah. everyone thrives on a different type of diet, whether it be vegan, paleo, whatever. And I just have always encouraged people to think for themselves and empower themselves and not follow blindly someone on social media or YouTube telling people, oh, this is the best way to mm. eat because I was hearing that all the time on YouTube, like high carb, low fat is the way to eat, eating a bunch of potatoes and non-starchy vegetables like that is the way to health. And it really was not for me. Mm. Um, and I wasn't eating enough protein for my specific body. Some people thrive on that and some people don't. So um, that's another thing that I just talk about a lot on my channel is just empowering yourself to do your own research, figure out what works for you. And not every vegan diet will work for everyone. And sometimes being vegan won't work for someone. And that's okay. Um, I, I think there's still a lot of vegans out there who think that everyone in the world can go vegan. And that's just not reality. So I don't know if that answered your question. I forget what your original question was. But. How, it, how, how it affected actually your emotional state. So basically in the beginning, it, it, it did like a complete, let's say, um, oh my God, I'm running out of English words today. But basically it did you a complete disservice by, by, by um, going high carb, low fat. So how did you, let's say like shift that and how did that then help you get more maybe stable with with your acne with your skin and those kind mm -hmm. of things yeah well I just going vegan really helped me a lot become more self-aware of my body and the effect that food had on my body physically because before I never really thought about it and it just made me so aware to all these different things and opened my eyes to just think about things critically and not just accept things at face value and not just follow blindly. Mm -hmm. And um, I was so thankful for that. It's like such a gift. Um, and I'm so, so, so thankful that veganism taught me that. Um, and so yeah, emotionally, yeah. When I was going through all that hormonal stuff, I knew something was off. But you know, you look at all these people and they're like, they swear by this specific diet. Mm -hmm. You're like, there must be something wrong with me. Like, am I doing this wrong? So you go through a lot of self doubt and thinking like, wow, maybe I am doing something wrong. Like it's me. It has to be me. But really you would just have to figure out what we're, everyone is different. Um, and I know I keep saying the same thing over and over again, but yeah, just, you got to find 
what works for you. And, um, maybe that's eating more fat, maybe that's eating more protein and, you know, it's okay to reach out and work with a naturopathic doctor who knows a Mm. lot about nutrition, a nutritionist, a dietitian, like do what you got to do. Um, because if you're not healthy, it's just, uh, I mean, it's such a cliche thing to say health is wealth, but no, wow. If you don't, you don't have your health, you really have nothing. So if you are miserable and you're feeling like shit and you don't know why it probably has to do with your diet or something in your lifestyle. So I would encourage people to investigate that. It could be going vegan. It could be not, I don't know. It could be if you're already vegan, changing up your vegan diet and exploring different macronutrients and Mm. works for you. I I find it so interesting that usually the first thing we jump when something is not working, the first thing we jump to that might be a problem are we ourselves. <laughs> so it's not like huh. it's not what maybe the other person is, even though they might look like an authority in that feel like what they're saying might not be correct or might like not work for you but it's always ourselves. So I really appreciate it so much that you mentioned that that really it's there is no right or wrong. There is just like your way and whether that is like in health or, you know, creating a life of of your like kind of preferences or whatever it is, it's always like there's only your way. There is no right way. And mm-hmm. um, so I think that's a, such an important message for everybody to hear. So mm-hmm. how would you advise anybody to like transition maybe into a vegan diet? Like I myself, I've, I, I'm really like kind of... Um, motivated or interested in uh shifting more towards let's say plant-based uh eating but like i mentioned before we started um i'm such a lazy person when it comes to cooking and especially when it takes like more than 30 minutes that's already like my max so (laughs) and uh i i I don't know i'm not that super creative person when it comes to creating new recipes so what are maybe Mm -hmm. Uh, some advice that you can give for people like me who want to but find it maybe like challenging to find Mm -hmm. enough diversity or uh, just Mm -hmm. to um, maybe let go of some of the meat or not so nutritious things that we eat on a regular doses uh, also I would say start slow I mean when I went vegan I went you know, right into it overnight, I went vegan. And you know, that doesn't work for everyone. But I'm with stuff like this, I am more of an all all or nothing person. So that worked for me. But I know the majority of people are not like that. So I would just say start slow. Maybe if you eat animal products every meal of the day, maybe just swap out one meal, it could be breakfast, that's a super easy one to make vegan, you can make a smoothie with almond milk. And that has you can do fruits and veggies and nuts and seeds and make it really filling and satisfying. And I would say that is a great place to start is just making one meal a day vegan or at least vegetarian. Mm -hmm. So that's a good thing to do at first. And then you can just kind of swap out different things. I think uh, plant milks are super easy to start out with that well as well. Um, That was a really easy switch for me switching from regular milk to almond milk or oat milk or hemp milk. There's like so many different options nowadays. It's Mm. insane. And it's very easy to find something that works for you. And a lot of people are like, oh, but coffee creamer. And there's some really good coffee creamers out there now that I love and adore. Uh, Silk has a really good one that I think is the most similar to regular half and half. 
If you want to go sugar-free, nut pods are really good, and that's a really good alternative. You can make your own by blending up soaked cashews and water and dates, and you can make it really healthy and whole foods-based. But um, yeah, I think if you want to switch over to a more healthy diet, whatever it is, vegan or not, you got to make your why you're doing it powerful enough for you to change because if you're kind of doing it because it's like oh everyone's going vegan Mm. I should too you know you have that uh mindset of like FOMO where you're like oh everyone's doing it I don't want to miss out like I want to jump on this trend like it's it's really about figuring out why you want to do it and um it should be more than just like oh I want to lose three pounds or five pounds or whatever it should be like well change that instead to well I want to live an extra 10, 15 years. I want to be able to go on a jog when I'm like 70 years old and not have to worry about, you know, crickety (laughs) bones. And I want to be healthy. I want to have a healthy fertility. I want to have a baby one day. You know, Mm. you have to think of, you have to really tie it to some strong emotion. Otherwise, you're not going to be motivated to do it. And the fact is there's so many different resources that if you really wanted to change the way you ate, you can do it because there's so many different tutorials on YouTube on like how to make a vegan, whatever you can Mm. type in your recipe and just put the word vegan in front of it and find a recipe for it. There's so many alternatives, meat alternatives, and you know, not all of them are healthy, but you know, you can make your own. Um, also I'm a big proponent of meal prep. I mean, everyone who follows me knows that I've made an ebook prep like a chef. I'm very passionate about meal prep. I used to be a personal chef and I meal prepped for clients and honestly meal prepping sets you up for success because you have stuff ready to go and it's just easy. So I am a big proponent of working smarter and not harder. And, um, a good thing to do is just, I like batch cooking. So what I do is I'll make a big batch of brown rice or cauliflower rice um, and or like beans mm-hmm. and I'll just have them ready to go in my fridge. And also sauces are also a lifesaver because that adds more flavor and different variety mm. and just preparing the same thing, but just in different ways. So you could make a, a three bean chili and have it with like cornbread. And then the next day you could add it to a taco or you know, whatever, you can just play around with it. And I would just encourage people to have fun, think outside of the box and challenge yourself to not be pigeonholed into eating something maybe the same way that you've always eaten it, but just Mm. kind of play around and cooking is supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be taken so seriously. You know, it, it really is an art and it can be fun and enjoyable. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's, I mean, that's a really good, good advice, like to really, think about your why, why you want to do that and not just do it because I don't know, the recent magazine that you read says that really yeah. like that. So, I mean, you, I mean, before you started your, your YouTube channel, I think you were actually, um, I don't know how far along you were, but you actually were, um, working as a, well, as a culinary chef, right? Um, mm-hmm. so, I mean, what <clears throat> made you leave that job and how did you actually like how did you actually transition into this YouTube thing to do it like um your full-time kind of professional thing Mm -hmm. well for a long time I didn't take YouTube seriously I didn't treat it like a job Mm. and I didn't 
start making good money until I actually took it seriously and I treated it like a business. Mm. So it's very, it was very easy for me at the beginning because I was growing so slowly to kind of put it on the back burner and just treat it like a hobby, which is, that's great. And you, I'm not saying that people should monetize every single hobby that they do. I think there's such a beauty in just doing things for the fun of it. So I don't want anyone to think that like, hey, if you're a painter and you love to paint, you don't have to sell your paintings. You Mm. can just paint for yourself or whatever, whatever your hobby is. But for me, I knew that I want I have always kind of had an entrepreneurial mindset and I'm kind of always thinking of different ways to make things better, more efficient. How can I make this into a business? How can I make it profitable? How can I scale this? So I really just started thinking like a businesswoman mm-hmm. um, a few years ago. And I, um, I was a personal chef. I went to culinary school, graduated, moved to Rochester, <coughs> excuse me, worked in restaurants as a line cook for many years. And then I started my own personal chef business and I meal prep for clients and did different mm. events and stuff like that. So that was kind of my chef quote unquote background. I feel weird calling myself a chef because I feel like you have to almost earn that right. And just because you have a culinary degree doesn't mean that you are technically, technically you are a chef, but I don't know. It's a weird thing. So anyway, technically I am a chef, but (laughs) I would consider myself more of like a home chef. Um, and so, yeah, I just started, um, I mean, I started my YouTube channel after I graduated culinary Mm -hmm. school. I had all of these skills and techniques that I wanted to teach other people. And I have always just been, I love the food network and I love TV chefs and TV personalities. And I just thought, Hey, this would be really fun. I think I could do this. So yeah, that was kind of, um, why I like how I started the YouTube channel and what got me focused on my particular niche. Um, Mm. and then, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't start, I didn't start taking YouTube seriously, uh, till like, I would say three, two and a half, three years ago. So Mm. that's kind of how I, how it developed from there. Do you remember how many like followers or subscribers you had back then? Like roughly? Maybe like, maybe like 27,000, which is not a lot. But I mean, the other thing that people don't realize is that you can make a good amount of money, like a good living, even if you don't have a ton of, of subscribers. So, and there are ways that you can do that. Um, but for the longest time, I just thought that people who are full-time YouTubers only made money with Google AdSense, which is so not true. And it's not a good way to go about (laughs) your YouTube business. If you want to have YouTube be your, you know, main source of income. Um, so yeah, I had about 27,000 subscribers and, I think at that point, that was the first time that a brand reached out to me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I hadn't ever reached out to a brand to be like, hey, I would love to, you know, do a sponsored video, whatever, whatever. Um, I had never really done that. And I had a brand approach me and I was like, oh, this is cool. I feel so legit. And then <laughs> I did that sponsored video. I did different affiliate links. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. And I, from there, I started to really get into the groove and figure out ways that I could monetize other than AdSense. And um, I really started focusing on uh, providing value for my followers and my subscribers and um, different ways to 
I guess, do social media, present myself on social media, different ways to make it grow. And I just kind of got obsessed with it and excited about it. And it was just, it was fun. So, yeah. So would you say, would you say that having somebody approach you was the thing that made you like go, wait a minute, maybe there's more that I can do with this and not just like keep it as a hobby or was there some something else that made you like realize, hey, you know, I really love doing that and maybe I can grow it more? Yeah, I think, I mean, for the first few years of having my channel, I, w I was very passive about it and mm. I, I was very consistent and I would put a video out every week and it was great and I had built the foundation of my following doing that, but there was so much more that I could have done <clears throat> to make more money and grow my following faster. And I just was very passive about it because I just had no guidance and I had no idea mm. what the hell I was doing. Sounds so, familiar to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think everyone goes through that phase where you're like, I have no fucking idea what yeah. I'm doing. And yeah, that just, that was me for sure. And I think I just started, I changed my whole mindset around it. And yeah, when that brand reached out to me I was like oh it kind of just like ignited something in me mm -hmm. where I was like oh maybe I do have something here like I am capable like people mm. find value in what I'm doing so hell yeah <laughs> so yeah it just kind of like kick-started me into a different mindset and a different way of thinking about my YouTube channel and how I could harness that Yeah. So what do you, yeah. what would you say has changed or what, ha what ship has changed <clears throat> in, let's say Nicole now being a business owner versus Nicole, I'm just doing it as a hobby. Well, I mean, there's positive and ne positives and negatives for sure. When you're doing it as a hobby, it's just, there's no pressure. It's mm. like, it's, it's really fun. And <laughs> I'm not saying that I don't have fun now. Of course I have fun, but it's just, I don't know. There's just not that pressure there and the beginning. And I would say if you're going to start out something like a YouTube channel, you gotta love it. Mm. You have to love it because you will not make money for the first year. At least I would say a year and a half to two years. So if you want to do this, do not expect to make money at first because you probably won't. Um, you really have to love what you're doing. So the difference would just be me. I'm just more resourceful and I try to think outside of the box and think of how can I make this work? How can I make more money? How can I provide more value? How can I show up in different ways for the people who enjoy my content? So mm. like I said before, I just, as a hobby, it was very passive, no pressure, just kind of whatever. And as a business, it was just more strategic. And, you know, strategic gets a bad, bad rap sometimes, that word. But mm -hmm. it's, it was just, you know, I wanted to make it more of a business. I wanted to make more money because I did want to dedicate more time to it. Um, so, yeah, I just became more strategic, more s just wiser with the decisions that I made. Um, yeah. What helped you actually, like... Um... I say not not become strategic in as of like the, 
the ability or the skill but really I find it so overwhelming sometimes with you know all the people telling you what you should be doing to grow your audience uh create more followers blah 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 and it's just like so overwhelming and you're like you get lost you get carried away and sometimes um many things are not really like they might seem that it is that it appears to be a strategy but really it doesn't lead you to anything <laughs> so i mean just creating a big uh audience or having a big following doesn't necessarily yield you to anything especially if you want to make a business out of it so that's what i mean like what helped you to become more strategic or to help you gain more clarity around what to do or what can be effective Well, I just started paying attention to what was actually moving the needle and making me money and also providing value and also making me happy. So mm -hmm. you got to make sure all of those things line up for you. And I'm not saying that everything that you do with YouTube or social media or your business has to like make you the most money, but obviously you have to make money, mm -hmm. you know? So I, I would say just, you gotta always be innovating and thinking of different ways and trying things out, like just try things out. Um, and it's so great too, when you're small, because you don't have a giant audience looking at you and it's the perfect time to try things and fail. And I mean, obviously you can do that at any stage of your journey and just being comfortable with failing because mm. I've learned to, I used to be so afraid of failing and I, you know, obviously I still am at to a certain extent, but you just have to be comfortable with the fact that failing actually is not failing. It's just feedback onto what to do better next time. Mm. And so I just embrace that. So even if you are, you're listening to all these different voices in your head of like what to do, how to grow, whatever, make sure that you trust those voices and you maybe make sure that whatever you are doing lines up with maybe what that person has done. Like say you really admire a certain like health coach and mm. you have a health coaching business, I would, yeah, totally. I would look to them and maybe use them as your mentor. They, maybe they have a podcast or content that you can consume and sure, like try it out. But it's really all about figuring it out for yourself. There's only tactics and step-by-step -step guidance can only take you so far. It's really about shifting your mindset and just believing yourself believing in yourself and going for it, that really is, it's like half and half. It's half mindset and half strategy. So, um, yeah, I would just say getting comfortable with fear and being okay with things not working out mm. and that's okay. Did you all figure it out by yourself or did you eventually, uh, find a mentor or coach or somebody who, who, who helped you or was it all you? Um, well, a lot of it was figuring out myself for sure. Um, but I, like I said, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Mm. I love a podcast. <laughs> um, and I have, um, my own mentors and I would consider mentors anyone that you absorb their information mm. and kind of, you are able to learn from. I don't think a mentor necessarily has to be this like two way relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, which, I mean, obviously if you have that, that's amazing, but I've, um, I've never had that before. I mm -hmm. do. I've had people who have helped me along the way mm -hmm. for sure, whether it's peers who are in the same industry as me, who also do YouTube in this space, um, or who are food bloggers or whatever. But, um, 
and I have had some help too from outside sources that I've hired and paid and all that stuff. And that's been amazing. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of been my journey so far. I would love to have like a regular business coach to kind of help me through all of these things and who they know a lot about YouTube because, Mm. um, it's a different, it's a different beast for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, when did you, um, so when were you able to then, let's say, make this cut between having, let's say, um, a regular uh, culinary job and really being able to support yourself with what you're putting out there on, on social media? Well, I will say my husband has helped me so much. Like, I don't, I would not have been able to go uh, dedicate as much time as I have without his help because he, um, has been the one who brought in the most money mm-hmm. when I was going through that transition. So yeah, that I would credit him to <laughs> most of that for sure. Um, anyone who is doing this by themselves or who doesn't have that, mm-hmm. it's a lot, it's a very different journey for sure. And you have to start it's slow. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got to make sure that you set yourself up financially that, you know, when you are able to leave your job is when you are making a good amount of money in your new venture and in your business. And everyone has a different path. Like some people just kind of jump ship Mm -hmm. and they do it without having that financial safety net and they do great. They thrive, they make it work. Um, and I don't think that's right for Mm -hmm. everyone to do. Some people would sink if they did that and it would really mess them up. So I think it's, you got to be very self-aware in what works for you Mm -hmm. and what will motivate you to take your business to the next level. Mm. But would you say that you're able to, let's say, uh, support yourself now financially from the work that you're doing or it's still like a building or a work in progress? If I was living in Rochester still, I could definitely support myself <laughs> living in San Diego. I live in San Diego now for anyone yeah. who doesn't know San Diego, San Diego, California, and it's so much more expensive. So mm. n- I definitely am not in the financial position that I want to be in the future. I mean, we make it work for yeah. sure. Right now I'm supporting both my husband and I, um, that's not going to be a forever thing. He's in the middle of a career transition. So Um, but I definitely, 2020 is the year that I'm so excited about because, um, I will be doing so many more things with more salt, please. And there's going to be really cool opportunities in the future. And I've just been thinking of all these different ways to, Mm -hmm. um, provide value and, uh, teach people the stuff, the things that I have learned along my journey, because, um, oh my gosh, I've learned so much in the past five years. And I just, I, I really do like teaching and mentoring and helping people with their journey. And it's something that I get a lot of my friends like ask me advice on. So, um, yeah, like this year I will be able to make it like a full-time thing. That's Um, awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. It's exciting. And you know, I still have a little ways to go, but, um, yeah. But that's awesome. I mean, uh, I think the the most important thing is to just keep advancing. And Mm -hmm. um, the reason why I'm also asking is just, you know, I like to give people like a real, let's say, perspective on, you know, how, 
let's say easy or difficult or just real you know it is to mm -hmm. make a certain amount because just because somebody might be you know um very popular on a social media platform does not mean that you know they're making tons of money with it or whatever it's really like like you like you mentioned when you take you need to take it seriously you need to be strategic mm -hmm. about it and things just take time you know Mm -hmm. so i really appreciate that you're being so so you know honest about it um yeah so i think what i think one of the let's say um how to say that but like uh usps of you is really that you are like really authentic and um you're just doing you which i always love that so i mean <laughs> let's say what is some advice that you can and I think this is something that you know gives you kind of the edge and um, attracts people to you but what would you say uh, for people who are not so advanced in let's say social media strategy or positioning themselves what are some maybe essentials or tips or tricks that you know they can um, use to uh, grow their own community I think it's all about just putting yourself out there and making it a consistent thing. Um, the more you do it, the more comfortable you get. I get a lot of questions on like, how are you so comfortable in front of the camera? Like, how do you do that? And it's really all about practice. I think for me, it comes more naturally for sure. I grew up a dancer and I grew up performing and it's easy for me to kind of like turn it on. <laughs> not saying that I'm not myself when I am doing Instagram stories or filming a video like I am, but there is a certain degree of like turning it on quote unquote, um, where you kind of just have to be yourself, but it just yourself plus <laughs> a couple levels. Plus you know? something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because you know, if I was completely myself, my energy would be like a, you know, a four or a five and people would be like bored. So <laughs> yeah, you just, it's really all about doing it and going through the motions and you will eventually get, comfortable with it and you will find your voice and a lot of people just struggle with like they become a different person when the camera starts rolling or yeah. they're terrified of putting their face on Instagram stories and just talking to the camera but you I my biggest piece of advice is just pretend like you're talking to your best friend that's really something that I've always done in this whole my whole journey with social media and YouTube is I just pretend like I'm talking to a friend and that really does help a lot and it helps you forget that you're talking to a camera mm. for sure any any let's say strategic piece of advice that you uh, feel is uh, super essential if you're really if you want to take let's say your your hobby seriously and you want to grow it more I would say figure out Uh, get a clear vision of who you're serving and who your audience is and find your niche. And your niche could be where you see a gap in the industry that you're in. Um, for me, my niche is chill vegans and chill plant-based people who think for themselves and can empower themselves and who are authentic and real. So um, at the time when I started my YouTube channel, that was not there. And, um, you kind of just have to be true to who you are always and never really compromise on that. Um, so yeah, I would say for sure, find your niche, figure out who you're talking to, find your audience 
and then be consistent and show up and provide fire content and value that people can learn from and that will establish you as someone who actually knows what they're talking about and, you know, make sure that you're always feeding yourself and you are developing yourself because then you can be a better uh, version of yourself for your audience. So constantly I'm always doing self-development, whatever it is, uh, whether it's like taking care of my physical body or feeding my mind, reading, always kind of making sure that I'm up on my game and always learning. Hmm. And I would always stay curious don't ever be set in your ways and think, oh, this is how I'm going to do things forever. You have to be adaptable. You have mm. to figure out different ways to innovate and be different and stand out from the crowd. And that's another thing Like you, you need to be able to sh- uh, show people and tell people, this is why I'm different and kind of distinguish yourself from other creators who are in your space. Mm, I love that. So one thing that I always like to ask is because mindset is a big player in, let's say, thriving and in uh, creating the life that you want, creating maybe the business that you want, the relationship, anything really, right? And Mm -hmm. um, so if there would be like one thing that you could just, you know, exchange in every woman's mind, mindset uh, or set of beliefs, what would that one thing be that you would like every woman to actually know about themselves, about life, about whatever it is that you feel is important? This might sound cliche, but you are enough. I think Mm. that's something that I have really started to dive into in the past few years is especially when it comes to uh, running a business, doing stuff online, social media, whatever you, every single person is valuable and you have a voice and you have something to give to the world. It doesn't matter if you are the most basic person. It doesn't matter if you are a stay at home mom and that in its own right is just the most amazing job ever. That is so rewarding and I tell you what, stay at home moms, moms in general are doing God's work. (laughs) Oh my God. But you know, just always remembering that you have something to give and offer to the world. It doesn't matter what your life looks like. And it's so easy to get caught up in the comparison trap of social media Mm. of thinking like, Oh, this person is so much better than me because they have this many followers and I have 200. And what can I do? Like what type of impact can I make? And it's, every single person is an influencer in their own right. Like whether you're online or not, like say you don't even have a Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, whatever you are influencing people in your circle and in your real life. So I think people just need to take back the power that they already have. They have so much power to influence and create amazing things and, Um, provide value and bring good things to the world. And I think a lot of times we just doubt ourselves and talk down to ourselves and say, no, I can't do that because I am not this or this or whatever. And Mm. it's so important to really understand our potential because we have so much potential and we self-sabotage because we think we can't offer anything new to the world. And it's just not true because everyone is different And when we are authentic in ourselves and we speak with authority and 
we know who we are, that's when real change happens. Mm. So I would just say, amen. (laughs) Yeah. Always remember who you are. You're enough and stop comparing yourself. Mm. And what would be three pieces of wisdom that you would like, you know, six-year-old Nicole to know about herself um, (laughs) after everything that you've been through so far in life? I would say to little Nicole, um, it's okay to be different. Like my life, I grew up in the South in North Carolina and my life looked very different from pretty much all of my friends and I felt self-conscious about it and I felt weird most of my life. And I just want to tell her, girl, you're good. Press into the weird (laughs) people. You will be praise for it later on in life and you'll find your own unique rhythm and it's okay to, you know, walk to the beat of your own drum, Mm. do your own thing. Don't it, you don't have to fit in to be successful. If anything, you're more successful because you are different and you stand out from the crowd. So yeah, that would be one thing. Or was that all three things? I somehow counted one. So stay weird. It's awesome. What what would be the other two things? Other two things would be... Oh, man. You thought I'd let you off the hook. (laughs) Um, I feel like there's so much. It's hard for me to condense it to two things. But yeah, stay weird and just always be working on yourself Mm. (laughs) and not be complacent and not let other people dictate your happiness and just learning how to find happiness within yourself. So yeah. (laughs) And then the third thing would be, uh, man, I don't know. I have to think on that. You're you're letting the six-year-old girl walk through life without just the last piece of advice. <laughs> Can you make like peace with your consciousness with that? <laughs> of course not. Of course not. Um I really loved though that uh, actually the the last thing that you mentioned was already two things in one but really like find happiness within yourself and not outside because this is one topic that I don't know I've come across a lot kind of people seeking happiness in other things and uh, achieving things in like just seeking happiness is just like what the fuck like f- for me it's like you know find fulfillment find something that you love to do uh, but don't just seek happiness it's just like um i mean i want i want everybody to be happy but i think there's also so much more power in for example finding your purpose and living out you know your passion and just showing up as yourself i think those are like really amazing things and like you like beautifully said you can only find that within yourself you can't find that outside you can't find that on social media you can't find mm-hmm. that in your parents in your children in whoever in your partner you can only find it within yourself mhm 
Yeah, that's so true. Um, okay, I thought of a third one. Okay. <laughs> um, I would tell six-year-old Nicole, it's okay to mess up. I talked about this earlier. Yeah. Um, I feel like, especially as a teenager, I was just always so worried about looking stupid. I mean, I think we mm. all are of like putting ourselves out there and being judged by other people. And I would just tell her to not be afraid of being uncomfortable and trying things just because you're not good at them right away. It's okay to kind of go through the growing pains and be awkward and not do things well at first. And I think showing that and showcasing that is really important because a lot of people think that all these big business owners and influencers are just overnight successes and Mm. it's just not true. You don't see so much of the blood, sweat and tears that goes into building things, Mm. whether it's a business or a company or whatever it is. Um, So yeah, I would just tell her to embrace the growing pains and not just fail as many times as you can so you can get comfortable with it because that's how you really are able to thrive and grow and become who you're supposed to be. That's awesome. That's like a a really great ending to a fantastic, you know, episode, I think. So, and I think ultimately that's what's keeping us from really like um, thriving and and flourishing as ourselves. And I talk like, I just talk about myself. Um, I know that's what's what's holding me back. And I know that's what's holding so many other people back, uh, regardless whether that's women or men. And so I really love that this is the the last point. And I really encourage everybody to just go out there and fail, fail as often as you can, because ultimately that's also one thing that I came to, to learn actually, like in the last months, it's like, actually there, like you, we should be like embracing and be happy about failing because every time we fail, it just shows you that you've just, you know, you've just broken something in your mindset that was holding you back from getting to, your destination to your goal so for sure the more often you fail you know the faster you get rid of that and so you could really like celebrate it when when I I actually like learned that through a book from Napoleon Hill and when I heard that I was just like boom for me like a whole new world opened up I'm like fuck I can celebrate like failing this is like amazing and so yeah I really want to encourage everybody who's listening to go and do that Mm-hmm. so Nicole for sure yeah thank you so much for having been with us today uh for sharing all your wisdom with us and um I really love like I'm gonna try out like going more vegan more plant-based um bringing <laughs> more fun to my eating and also taking all the advice that you've shared about social media to heart and implemented so thank you so much for being here with us today Thank you so much for tuning into the Thrive Podcast and spending your precious time with us. If you found this episode valuable and think that others could benefit from it too, please share it with your network, friends, and family. I would also be forever grateful if you could go over to iTunes and leave us an honest review about the show. And if you have a comment, question, or topic that you would like to see covered on the show, go to algamuller.com slash thrivepodcast. So see you next week, girl. And until then, don't forget that you were meant to thrive.